0: Do you ever catch yourself wishing you didn't have to stay positive? Or maybe you've been working on keeping a positive mindset for years, but it still feels like a daily battle sometimes. Having a chronic illness means you're being told to stay positive all the time. And let's be honest, it's exhausting because pushing ourselves to stay positive is not actually positive. There's a much easier way to get a strong, positive mindset and all of the feel-good perks that come with it without the pressure of looking on the bright side, check out my free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset. In it, I give the straight scoop on strategies that work and common strategies that are a waste of time and energy. Go to andreahansencoaching.com now or use the link in this podcast description and get your free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset today. This episode is close to my heart because Lauren Zaleski and I are talking about one of my favorite subjects, gratitude. I kind of feel like gratitude has become somewhat of a cliche recently, which is not where it belongs. Gratitude is so powerful when it's done right. Now there are less effective ways to use gratitude. I'm sure you've heard people say things like, you should be grateful for this, or just be grateful that this worst thing over here didn't happen. You've heard those, I'm sure. That is not the gratitude that we're talking about. Lauren is the self-described gratitude addict, and she is doing a deep dive on how she used the practice of gratitude to turn her life around from a very dark place. She also talks about her secret sauce for a deep gratitude practice that is priceless. Lauren's story is not to be missed, and it will inspire you to start using gratitude to its fullest. Please enjoy this week's episode and visit Hansencoaching.com for more on Lauren, resources that we talked about in today's show, and transcripts from today's episode. Welcome to the Live Your Life, Not Your Diagnosis podcast. I'm Andrea Hansen, author, motivational speaker, and master certified coach. When I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, I was told I would never reach my goals, but I did. And I'm on a mission to prove that life with a chronic illness can still be expansive and quite remarkable. Everyone has their own unique path. I'm talking to people living with a chronic illness that come from different backgrounds, have different points of view, and are achieving amazing life goals of all kinds to inspire you to achieve what you thought was impossible. These stories are raw, uncensored, and judgment-free. This means that there may be some adult language, sensitive topics, and possible triggers for listeners listener discretion is advised. I'm here with Lauren Blanchard Zaleski. She is an enthusiastic champion of all things gratitude, which I love. She's a self-diagnosed gratitude addict, hence the name of her blog at gratitudeaddict.com. She is the founder of the Facebook community Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain, helping thousands of people living with chronic emotional and or physical conditions to thrive while finding joy and purpose despite life's struggles. She also hosts the weekly live broadcast, Gratefully Living the Chronic Life, which streams on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Lauren is a student of the human experience whose passion lies in spreading the message that gratitude and connection are the secret sauce for resilience, hope, and joy through life's challenging plot twists. She has lived with chronic pain and illness herself for more than 20 years, and is the author of the book's 5-Minute Gratitude Journal for Teen Boys and 52-Week Intention Journal. Her third book, also focused on personal growth, is due out in September. Join her community at Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain on Facebook. Hi, Lauren. How are
1: you? Hi, great. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here, Andrea.
0: I am so excited to have you. I was instantly excited when I checked out your website. It's all things gratitude. And I love it. I think gratitude is one of the essential pillars when it comes to having a good mindset, especially when you're looking at a chronic illness. And so I can't wait to talk about gratitude and just do a deep dive and talk about how you help people with what you say is both chronic pain but also that chronic emotional pain right right
1: I, because i think i've been sick like you for a couple decades and when many of us get diagnosed with something some first of all many of us it takes a long time to get di- a diagnosis and then when we eventually get a diagnosis we're given treatments and medications and all of that from our specialists and then we're kind of i like to say we're kind of thrown into the the deep end without ever having had a swimming lesson, because who expects these major plot twists, right? Right. And nobody in the 23 years that I've lived with chronic illness has ever said, you really should do something to help yourself with the emotional pain, because the emotional pain, at least for me and a lot of members of my group, is often more debilitating than the physical, and it led me down a very dark path.
0: I totally agree. What I found, for me at least, it was brought up to me not as we have emotions that are normal that everybody feels. Right. You're going to have some negative emotions. No. How it was brought up to me was almost like having normal emotions was going to be another chronic diagnosis that I was going to have to get like pills for. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Yeah. Like feeling sad was going to be like a clinical diagnosis instead of just an emotion. Yeah. And like, here's how you deal with it. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's it was that part of things are mismanaged.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to deal with. All of a sudden, you're you're handed what can often be a lifelong struggle physically. And for me, at least, I you know I isolated. I was I was a former very social person, and eventually, I just I isolated. I I thought I was unique, and that nobody understands me. No, you know, I, nobody knows what I go through. So I just kind of kept to myself and. With each tried medication that didn't work or therapy that didn't work, I just got deeper and deeper into a depression and developed all all sorts of resentments. And yeah, it it really led me down a very dark path. And I'm I'm grateful to have gotten out of for sure.
0: Yeah, and you you have a good point. Often, things like chronic pain are not visible to right. other people. Right. And it's not that we want other people to say, "Oh, poor baby," and do all sorts of things for us because we're sick. It's just that we would like some kind of acknowledgement yeah. that you're hurting, something's going on. And it's tough, especially, I don't know about you, but when I was first diagnosed, I was also very self-conscious and I just, I didn't talk about it. Me too. And yeah. so unless you knew, you didn't know. Right. And that can be very isolating yes. because it's almost like you have the secret that nobody else can know and you don't want to slip up because you don't know how they're going to react and people have all sorts of weird reactions when they find out that yeah. you have a chronic illness. And it, it is. It can be very isolating.
1: I, isolating for sure. And I, I did talk about it with my inner circle a little bit, but because it wasn't visible, um, you know, they, they would... Be, you know, very kind and all that, but not truly understand if I had to cancel something at the last minute or, or whatever. It right. went on like that for years Or I would go through good periods and then bad periods. I, I no longer have that. It's usually just pretty consistent pain now, but, but at the time it was, I, I would go, go, go. The, this was when I was first diagnosed, like when my kids were toddlers, this was back in the early 2000s. And but then I'd be okay, and I'd go back to being super mom and, and doing the PTA thing and all of that. So it was really just kind of periodic. And eventually that that took a, a turn, and it it became constant. And that's when things really started getting difficult for me. You know, I, I like many people that live with a chronic condition. I tried everything because we're desperate. Like pain is not fun. Our our fight or flight mode, right? Just just wants to. Be proactive. We want to cure ourselves. I'm using air quotes when I say that, <laughs> yeah, and I felt like I was doing something wrong. I should be that's an air quotes too. I should be able to cure myself, right. And I couldn't. I, and the more I tried to control things, the more out of control I got. so i I turned to other ways to deal with it because medication wasn't working, treatments weren't working. And I tried every crazy kind of thing under the sun and for some people they they say that it works for them and sure you get that hope up right we get we get that hope like maybe this is the thing maybe this is the doctor maybe this is the treatment and when it doesn't work for me at least i felt a lot of resentment I doing something wrong um and so i just got deeper
0: It's hard. I mean, the good part is that there's this huge world available to us of all of these different types of therapies and things that can help you. At the same time, there's no shortage of people saying, this is the thing. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. That's actually not good. This is what you want to do. Oh, no, wait, wait, don't do that. And it is so confusing.
1: It's confusing, yeah. It
0: adds to the overwhelm. It adds to the hopelessness. I kind of went into this learned this kind of uh, period where I just felt like nothing was going to work. And right. I had tried everything. So right. why would this other thing help? Ha- Who cares if they say that it helped them? I know it's not going to work for me. And it sounds like that happened to you. And what happened with you, I think, happens to a lot of people. I think a lot of listeners can resonate that you started to say, okay, forget it. I'm going to start self medicating. I'm going to start going into something that makes me feel instantly better.
1: Right. So I, I developed a pretty serious alcohol problem um, yeah. because a glass of wine was helping with my pain, but I didn't stop at a glass of wine. And my problem didn't last a long time. It was about a year, but it got very serious. It, It was a glass of wine turned into vodka, which I don't even like vodka, but it went from trying to numb my pain, my physical pain, to just trying to numb myself, period, emotional, spiritual, physical pain. And so I hadn't been sleeping, so my days turned into nights, and and so I just drank, and my, my family didn't even know. I, To be honest with you, I didn't really know yeah. uh, had the extent of it. I mean, I was hiding bottles, so obviously I knew I had a problem, but I, I wasn't showering and when i say that i'm not I, I would go 1 month without showering it was i wasn't eating i was skin and bones i wasn't answering text messages i was really in about as dark of a place as you could get and so it it just i numbed myself and and my family thought i was so in such a stupor because of the medications that I was on. They didn't know I was drinking on top of those medications, which is incredibly dangerous. So,
0: yeah. There is, you know, when there's a chronic illness involved, there are so many things that you can use as an excuse. Like, oh, no, 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 it's not my drinking, it's the illness. It's not, I don't feel this way because I'm hungover or I stayed up all night. I feel this way because I've got this chronic illness. In fact, I heard you say something that really hit home for me. It's almost like you use the chronic illness as an excuse to kind of like, well, I deserve this. Like I can do this.
1: You're so right. Yeah. Like I I would, friends of mine would see me having a glass or two of wine because that's all I would show the friends that would stop by. They wouldn't see the
0: other stuff. Very socially acceptable. It is.
1: It's very socially acceptable now. And so they would say things like if I had your pain, I would drink too. So that gave me what I considered to be permission to do that. Like, I deserve this. Nothing else is working. Nobody understands the pain I'm in. And you're right, the vomiting in the morning, totally because of lupus and fibromyalgia, not the drinking. <laughs> of course. Sleep, not sleeping at night. Right. That's not because I'm drinking, which leads to passing out, but not really good sleep. So I, and oh, and the red wine, the reservatrols in there, good for my illness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could convince myself of <laughs> any of that. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so that was what I was doing, and it ended with a screeching halt. Thank God. On June twentieth, two thousand thirteen, I, I woke up in a hospital bed, having no idea how I'd gotten there. And I, I wake up, and my parents were there. My husband was there, and they told me that I had driven in a complete blackout and passed out behind the wheel. And the, I didn't go anywhere at that point. The only places I went were to the liquor store. And I, I did what I, I jokingly referred to as my magical mystery tour of liquor stores. So that, God forbid, the owners of the liquor store think I'm an alcoholic. Right.
0: So um, It's not, I'm having another party. It's not just for me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> at 9.30 in the morning in my pajamas. Like, right. seriously, that's how bad it was. And so so my basis for gratitude is based on that day. It was the worst day of my life. But it was also the best day of my life. In hindsight, it, I would have never said that at the time. But you know, I, I um, am not in prison for killing anybody. I did not hurt anybody, and I'm still alive to tell the story. Right. So I was fortunate enough. I, I, you know, my family wanted to send me to rehab, and I didn't really have a leg to stand on with the blood alcohol level that I was at, and how my life was so unmanageable at that point they found my sister found a rehab for me in Connecticut which had a chronic pain program a 30-day inpatient chronic pain program which sadly is no longer there but I I didn't want to go but I, I really just didn't have a leg to stand on like I said so I went and I at that point I'm like I'm in it to win it I'll give it a shot and the program was really devoted to ways to deal with the emotional aspects of chronic pain in Perfect. a better way. Yeah. And so that's when my life really turned around was from that. And I, I am happily sober. Next month will be nine years since I've been sober, which is a
0: congratulations, fantastic.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Happy
0: early birthday. Thank
1: you. Yes, it is. A, it, it's a blessing for sure. And it's amazing what you can see when you're not numbing yourself to life.
0: Yeah, and I I think that what you're speaking to is something that a lot of us can resonate with, which is we have a chronic illness, we have everything that comes with our specific chronic illness. I would argue that everybody has the emotional aspect of a right. chronic illness. Yeah, and then there's something else that happens, and we feel like we're dug in even deeper into yeah. a hole because you have your chronic illness, which may or may not be managed, may or may not be really invasive in your life. And then there's a layer on top of this, which for you was, okay, now I have this alcoholism that I want to cure. I want to dig myself out of. Yes, And I think something, it's it's funny, you kind of glossed over it. (laughs) And my my brain just went, no, no, that was such (laughs) a big thing. (laughs) Which part? It's the coach in me, right? It's the fact that when you were looking at your family saying, here's a rehab, it was the idea of, you know what, I'm going to go for it. Mm -hmm. I might as well just go all in. Right. I don't know if that was a conscious decision at the time or if it's something that when you look back, you're like, oh, this is what I was thinking. But that I think is so pivotal, even more so than like once you got in and you have all this other, all these other tools that you're using. And I think that's. Tell me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of where this gratitude practice started. But before that, you had this mindset of, I'm all in. i are yes. just going to do this.
1: I appreciate you picking up on that. Thank you. It was a conscious decision once I was there because I, I had no choice. I was there for 30 days and my life was so incredibly unmanageable, Andrea. As I've just shared, it was so unmanageable that I was broken Emotional and bankrupt emotionally, spiritually, I was broken and and bankrupt in every way possible, and I really just thought my life was over. I'd gone from like p t a president at one point and and very social, happy, joyful person great great marriage, great kids, wonderful family to this scum of the earth drunk drivers, how I saw myself at the time i yeah. I, I could I get choked up talking about it because I am so grateful but i I just thought that Anything will be better than this, and and I didn't know that I had anything left to offer the world, but I knew that God willing, I have a lot of life left to live. How can i how can I find some kind of joy and purpose and so i i it was a conscious decision to be in it to win it, but it was also the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. It was terrifying yeah. being away for thirty days, and I really didn't think at the time when I got there that it would be much of a help to me, but I figured I'm there. I I will
0: give it a shot. Might as well give it a shot. Yeah. What I found in some of life's darkest times, what helps us the most, and sometimes we don't have that conscious decision. Sometimes we just automatically go there. It's almost like we melt down, and we're just. I don't necessarily want to say rock bottom. I don't love that term, but it can be a point where we just, like you said, we just feel like. I have nothing left. Right. I have nothing left to give. And there's something, I think, inside us on, I don't know, on a subconscious level, I don't know where it is, but it's almost like you just melt down. Great way to describe that. You just have to just allow yourself, right? And that's when I think that clarity comes from where you start thinking, oh, let's look at things like purpose. Let's look at, let's just look at the simple question of why am I here? What's next?
1: yeah, let go, yeah, you touched on it perfectly. I had to let go clearly, what I was doing was not working for me at all. right. <laughs> and so I really just had to rebuild brick mm-hmm. by brick very slowly and intentionally, and listen intently and give it a try, and that's exactly what I did and and so I, I learned some really great things about mindfulness was a really big thing in the program meditation, which I really wanted nothing to do with at the time at all. Meditation's a weird one. It can be hard. It is hard. And yeah. I, I do it in my group. I, I don't call them meditations, though I call them breath breaks, which is really just a play on words. And they're, they're always around five minutes because I know People, they get that mental block, like, I can't do it. My mind wanders not realizing that it's a very normal thing. That was a big part of it, gratitude, of course, and just trying to realize that we're much more than our illnesses. And that is what I have created with my life today. Although what I do is based on having a a chronic illness, I think a lot of people identify with perhaps what their occupation was prior to illness or what they did prior to illness. And maybe you lose your occupation or you lose your, your hobbies or whatever you did, and you feel like you're nothing anymore. And so, trying to find out who we really are inside, nothing to do with what we did, that self growth. And, and for me, it was what they, I'm sure you know, po- like post traumatic growth using that situation. And I certainly didn't set out to do what I'm doing now and say, this is what I'm going to do. When I was there, I really just wanted to dig out of that hole um that was so you know so deep my my husband was so supportive he could have left my kids could not be talking to me but they didn't and and so I'm very
0: fortunate to have that support as well that's amazing you're right you're when you're digging out of it it's not about it's it's easy to look at someone and say oh my gosh you had this this really bad circumstance but look at you now and there's a oh <laughs> life in between that. Yeah. Including when you're first starting to dig out of that hole. It's not about I in my five year plan is this. Right. <laughs> no, no, there's <laughs> there is no five year plan. No,
1: no, but there isn't even a five minute plan. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Yeah. It's like this is what I'm doing right now. Right. And then you learn to kind of feel your way into that next step, which right. is going to be like sixty seconds from now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's something where you're focusing on where you feel like you need to go and letting go of the idea of knowing where you're going to be in five years. And I think that's where some of the most beautiful things come from, because you really are feeling authentically into what you're doing right now, which is fantastic, which is bringing especially this one part of gratitude and the at the risk of sounding like cliched it's this power of gratitude but it it really is very powerful
1: it is and at the time when it was suggested to me in the program it me and the program was very small they only allowed eight people in at the time or at a time i should say but gratitude and chronic pain just to me they just can't coexist at all like how can i be grateful i've been handed this lousy deck of cards Yes, I'm grateful for my family. Yes, I'm grateful that I am not in prison and I didn't hurt anybody and that I'm alive. But practicing gratitude, give me a break, is what I thought at the time that really has evolved over time. And I think I, I mentioned to you before we went, we started recording, I think gratitude is a very, very misunderstood thing, which it, it's a practice. It, it is a feeling, of course, too, but it is a, it's a very deliberate and regular practice in order for it to work the way it does. I think it gets a bad rap.
0: When I see gratitude, the irony is it can both be something that you can use against yourself, right? Like, ah, I should just be grateful. Right. Why am I not grateful? I should just, or other people come there. They think they're helping, bless their hearts. They think they're (laughs) helping, but you should be so grateful. You should be grateful that this is not happening or that this is happening. And or, look, you have a roof over your head. You should be grateful. Which is not helpful at all. Not helpful yeah. at all. No. Or it's also something that can be used to almost bypass actual, like if you're feeling negative, right? Those are negative emotions that we talk about that yeah. come up, especially when you have something like a chronic illness. And when you have chronic pain with that chronic illness, I feel like there's something automatic that just happens in our brains when we have chronic pain. It's like this. I don't know how to even describe it, but it's just this automatic weight that we have (laughs) that can lead to things like hopelessness and just, it's just this overwhelming, heavy feeling that can get in the way. And if it's an emotion that I believe emotions are meant to be felt, I believe that even if they're negative, if we're calling them negative, even if they feel yucky they need to be felt, yeah. And sometimes things like gratitude can be used in a way to bypass that, exactly. Because it's it's almost like a little short circuit in your brain because it works so well. Right. So I see these two sides of gratitude that are pretty pretty gnarly, and I think give it a bad rap.
1: Yeah, we have that negativity bias in us innately. Just as an example, somebody you could have 100 great things said to you in a day. And one negative thing, and what do we focus on? We focus on that one negative thing, and I, I right. guess that goes back to our our fight or flight you know mode, but we do have that negativity bias, and so a, a regular gratitude practice, and like you said, living with chronic pain adds a whole other layer to it it doesn't it doesn't it's not a magic pill, it doesn't solve everything, but it really does help the more we practice it like a muscle, the more we practice it, the easier it is to get out of those negative thoughts that we have and that that hopelessness is i I think very common because we have not everybody i shouldn't speak for everybody but many of us have tried everything and so with each hope we get with something maybe working that doesn't work i think it chips away at that at that hopefulness and, and turns into hopelessness and so you you had said it earlier that eventually it comes to the point where somebody may suggest something and just Ugh, I don't even want to bother. It's not going to work because nothing right. works. I've tried everything. I've tried everything. Yeah,
0: Don't tell yeah. me one more restriction that I just need to do that, right. that's going to yeah. be the one thing.
1: Everybody that sells the supplements and the, these direct marketing things, oh, I've got the thing that's going to help you. And you just kind of roll your eyes and yeah, okay, appease them. Because there's very, for me at least, there's very little I can do to control my illness there there are certain things i do diet dietary and things i can do to help myself but as far as my illness goes there's very little i can actually do to control that aspect but i do have control over how i respond to things and there's a great quote i i have here by victor who was a a, um love yeah i know his quotes are awesome he was a, a Holocaust survivor and a psychologist, I believe. He has a great quote that says, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own. And I have so that good. on my website. I know his his man's search for meaning is, is the name of one of his books, and it's just chock full of these quotes. But so... So that is kind of the work that I do is, is focusing on what we do, what we can control, because I, I feel like I was spinning my wheels for such a long time trying to control my illness. And the more, I, like I said, I, the more I tried to control things, the more out of control things became. So if I can control my emotions, yeah, what can I do to do that? And gratitude is a great way to help offset that negativity bias and help me, you know, Living with chronic pain and illness, I'm convinced, does not need to be game over. It does not need to mean game right. over. It's a different game. Perhaps our, our futures are very different than what we envisioned them. And that's not exclusive for people with chronic pain. You know, life can turn on a dime with a, a diagnosis or a divorce or job loss, something like that. And so all of a sudden we have to shift our mindset. And the, the more we resist that change, the more pain emotional pain that that we come in or we can kind of roll with it and just sort of pivot and try to work with what we're given and accept it and accepting doesn't mean we have to like it so we do have to accept it in order to grow
0: and it's part of that post-traumatic growth right which you mentioned i'm obsessed with this idea because i think that it's it talks to that resilience where You're right. Everybody in life is dealt these curveballs. You never know. Right. And one of the key things that determines if you're going to be able to go into this post-traumatic growth is the resilience. And the resilience comes from, not to minimize it, but kind of rolling with the punches. Like, okay, this happened. Don't like it. Don't have to like it. Right. But I'm not going to resist it. Right. I'm not going to talk about it like it didn't happen or shouldn't happen. The idea is it it should have happened and it should have happened because it did, right? Like like it's done. It's in. It's already like the second that it happens, it's in the past. And talking about whether or not it should happen isn't going to help any of us. And digging into that resilience or sorry into that resistance creates that emotional block and creates that that loop where we stay in those negative emotions. And so I think that's one of the one of the ways to step into a path that's going to go towards emotional growth is where you're accepting it. And you're right. saying to yourself, I understand. You allow yourself to feel those emotions of yes. grief, anger, frustration, even hopelessness, anything like that. But then you pivot. Right. Right. Yeah. It's feel it. But then like you said, let's pivot. Let's right. look at something like gratitude.
1: Yes, and and you you nailed it. And and I think for a long time I just stewed in my own pain. I just kind of was treading water in in this and why did this happen to me and what did I do something to cause it? And none of that is helpful. And I think it it's natural like you said to be able to feel those feels and walk instead of trying to skirt around them or walk over them or or under them. We have to walk through them and feel them, but then move forward. And I think a lot of, you know, there's some people that their pain just, they're not there yet. I think we're all on a different journey with with our pain. And my group is not for everybody, but for those that really just want to get past it, to say, okay, I've got this. I don't like it. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to find some kind of joy. What can we do? What can I do rather to, to do that? And, and think a bit, differently doesn't mean we have to like that pain because who likes pain it's, right it's not like hey i've discovered gratitude and i'm a super happy person and and happy happy joy joy and you should be happy too it's not that at all yeah it's just i i like to say it's that the worst. <laughs> I, I love my life more than i hate my pain
0: and that is what i try uh, to share with people with my group i that's i love that because Thanks. you hit it there's going to be people out there saying yeah easy for you to say yeah to just go ahead and look on the bright side, but yeah. gratitude is so much more than just looking on the bright side.
1: Oh gosh, it's not even looking on the bright side. And it's, you, you said it earlier, like people saying to you, you should be grateful. We can do that to ourselves too. And in my, my Facebook group, which I created eight years ago is called attitude of gratitude with chronic pain, which was kind of the after rehab. And and I had started a local face-to-face chronic pain anonymous group. And, and then I started this Facebook group. Initially, just as like a meeting reminder, but it evolved into what it is today, which and we don't talk about the specifics of our conditions in the group because there's that natural need for us to compare our situations to each other. And and that's not healthy. No, I shouldn't say it's not healthy, but from for what I try to accomplish with my group, it's not what we do because we can look and say, oh, I really shouldn't be complaining because this person has it much worse than me. Yes. Yes. Or we can be like, why are they complaining? Because I'm much worse than them. And our pain is valid and it deserves to be honored and and all that. So we just kind of don't talk about it. We do have live chats twice a week where people can openly chat about whatever they they need to chat about. But we, we just say, All right, we're all in the same amount of pain. Where do we go from here? And so that that reduces that need to compare and for us to feel like our pain is not valid
0: because our pain is valid, for sure. And I think part of perpetuating that pain comes from when we diminish our own pain. Yes. And it's that whole shit, right? It's We don't have to like the fact that it's happening, but it's happening and telling ourselves that, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this because Jane is so much worse off than me. Right, right. Everything is relative.
1: Somebody can say the
0: same thing, like, I shouldn't feel this way because Andrea is so much worse off than I am. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, it's like everybody say
0: exactly. and exactly. when you diminish your own pain it's you're perpetuating that emotional pain
1: yeah somebody's always going to be worse off than us i'm not a holocaust survivor but but that doesn't mean i don't deserve to feel that pain and feel what i feel our feelings are are valid and and they d- they don't deserve to be diminished because i think that just adds to our pain mhm yeah
0: so you say that gratitude is is not really at all looking on the bright side, which I think a lot of people say or think that it's about looking on the bright side. It's about looking at what we should, what we have, or what we should be grateful for. So talk a little bit more about what an actual gratitude practice looks like.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk nowadays too of toxic positivity, which in relation to gratitude, and I can't stand that either, because I don't feel that a true gratitude practice is that at all it is not looking on the bright side. it is it's a practice of choosing joy and choosing to look at things that don't hurt in our lives and trying to offset that negativity bias. And so it, but it requires regular maintenance. It's not just I write in my gratitude journal for a week and and nothing's working and brush my hands, I'm done. It's not working. It, it really requires regular maintenance, and there are many, many studies. Especially in the eight years I've been doing this, more and more studies come out about the health benefits of gratitude. It helps with your sleep. It helps with your relationships. I like to say that I believe the secret sauce to living with with joy and and meaning, especially with chronic pain and illness, is a combination of gratitude and connection. Because when we we share our gratitude with one another, it becomes even more Powerful. But so gr- gratitude can be practiced in a lot of ways. It can be a gratitude journal, of course. It can be, sh- you know, joining a community like mine and sharing with others. It can be some people have a gratitude buddy. They text one thing they're gra- grateful for each day to each other and they hold each other accountable. But it, it's really just looking, like I said, what what doesn't hurt in our lives, what is going well, because right now I'm, I'm talking to you. I've got internet access in order to talk to you. I'm able to connect with you. I, I'm able to connect with others on, on Facebook. I'm in a warm home that's keeping me safe. I've got clean clothes to wear. I've got clean drinking water to bathe in and, and drink. So seeing those things helps to offset the pain that I'm feeling in my hips and my knees right now, you know? right? Um, And I think our brains really focus, our our brains will automatically focus on what we give attention to. And so gratitude really, really helps a lot to shift the focus from what the pain is. And it doesn't take away my condition, but it really does, it does help me emotionally and i would argue that that has helped me physically in in various ways as well
0: yeah well because you're releasing all these feel-good chemicals right when you're going into gratitude right there's all i mean i can't even
1: yeah the serotonin right dopamine i believe and yeah, all of that
0: stuff so which are actually physically helping your body yes which yes. can help with things like inflammation and all sorts of things.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's another one that they say it helps with. It helps heart disease. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, it's staggering what, you know, in the past even five years, what the scientific studies share about gratitude. I've had many of the researchers on my, on my live broadcast that talk about it and the, the power of sharing it with others. And so it's becoming... Less of a woo woo type thing that it was when I first started the group. And more, I'm getting more and more men in the group too. It used to be about 98% women, and more and more men are coming around to it because they're seeing the real health benefits uh, of gratitude. And it's refreshing to see how many people are willing to kind of think outside the box and look at gratitude as another tool for their toolbox in order to live a life of joy. A lot of the the Facebook groups that I was finding before, you know, starting this group in 2015, I I don't wanna knock any groups because I I find them all very important and I've found some great treatments for my illnesses from there. So I'm certainly not knocking them, but I would often go into them and leave more depressed than when I went in. Right. Because people are talking about their pain constantly and I'm an empath, so. I would go in and I would I would also take on the pain of others. Me too.
0: It really it can sometimes and and I get it, it's it, it's where people are in their healing. Yes. And I think that I certainly was there. I know you talked about being there. Yeah. I'm not sure how long some people stay there versus others, but some people just need to be heard and yes. need to have someone and and there's there's a, I think there's a catharsis in telling that story. Yeah, but sure. you're right. As I'm also um, very much take on those emotions. Which, by the way, on the flip side, is why that connection is so great. Because emotions, human emotions, we we kind of catch them from each other, right? Yeah, contagious. it's contagious. And so it can also be the same when you have people that maybe aren't in the same place as you are and they need to be heard, and they're not pivoting out once they are heard and once they do right. satisfy that. it's it's the understanding of when that is satisfied and when you're ready to pivot into something like gratitude.
1: such a great point, yeah. I, like I said, we're all we're all on different journeys. and some people really just you could offer them a million different suggestions, and they they really don't want to hear it, and that's their journey, and that that's fine, you know, my group exists for people that are are willing. It's not for everybody. It is definitely
0: not for everybody, sure, and that's I think what makes it good is that it's not for everybody, yeah, right? It's specifically for the types of people who are in there, and that's what makes it so helpful,
1: yeah. And knowing that we maybe we don't know the specifics of each other's conditions, but we know. We know what they go through emotionally because we go through it too. And seeing them, we have different posts. We, we post throughout the day. In the morning, we do daily intentions. And so people post what they intend to do that, that day. I like to say it's a loose roadmap written in pencil. So it kind of gives us a bit of guidance, which I feel is more helpful than being loosey-goosey about the day. With our conditions, they can change in five minutes. So right. I, I like to say intentions versus goals because I think a goal not met is is a way to develop resentments against ourselves i should have been able to do this i wanted to i said this morning i was going to do it i can't do it but an intention is just an intention so i'm intending today to do x y and z and maybe i only did x but that's okay because it was really just a loose roadmap. so being able to share that with other people who go through the same things and seeing hey this person in, a, in our three things we did well today post at the end of the day, we see this person took a walk, they took a shower and and they called their mother back. And that's amazing. You know, that's amazing. And so it feeds off of each other. Like you said, it's contagious. And so that helps to build It's It's motivating. It's meant to be motivating and inspiring and wanting to help us want to get up in the morning and get out of bed if we can and kind of motivate us to to know that there is a life out there outside of our pain
0: yeah and i i love that it is really inspiring it almost is like slowing things down when you realize hey i took a walk this morning i took my dog out this morning we can get so caught up especially as people who have chronic illness and so that's affecting our life We're often surrounded by people who don't have chronic illness, right? who take a walk all the time and go to the grocery store all the time and do 50 things every single day. And by the way, they're still up at nine o'clock on their phones responding to emails and it's no big deal.
1: And we see it all on, on social media, And too. we see it all on social, yeah. right?
0: Whether or not it's true. We yeah. see it all <laughs> on social media. <laughs> and it can be so easy to think like, oh, well, I'm that's fine. I mean, going for a walk is no big deal. I mean, they go for 10 walks a day. Right. So the idea of slowing it down and just bringing it in just to you and to your your little world and saying, whoa, hold on. Me going for a walk with everything that's going on right now is amazing. Yeah. And that is something to sit and be grateful for and feel, right? Feel that that juice that comes when you feel grateful. Yeah. All of those emotions. And it, there's something very cathartic about that, being able to slow it down and say, no, wait. This is something, it's something very healing and it's something, it's, it's, it's self care. It's it is. You know, it's necessary.
1: And it deserves to be celebrated
0: yes and
1: and celebrating it with people who understand what a monumental thing it can often be today i shower i now shower i did like <laughs> nine years ago but to this day every when i shower i, I say out loud good girl to myself yeah. as, as positive reinforcement and people sharing in the group that they showered that day it is a big deal or we we have something we've renamed reboot days so those days where you really just need to netflix on the couch and just regroup yourself and where people without living with a chronic illness may not understand how much self-care that is, we celebrate those reboot days, as long as that's not every day. But reboot days are a great, wonderful thing that we celebrate in, in Attitude of Gratitude with chronic pain. So it's, it's reinforcing with people who, who understand. And it's not the group is not just for people living with chronic physical conditions we now have people joining with you know anxiety depression because i think pain is pain and considering we don't deal with the physical aspect but it is the emotional aspect so we we have people joining that really just you know the the world is a there's so much pain in the world today and so if i can offer a bright spot for people and offer tools that will help them throughout their day that's really that's a big win for
0: me huge win yeah so What would you tell the listener? I know there are people listening that are thinking, this is amazing, (laughs) because it is. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) But they don't know where to start. Yeah, They're in that point where they've decided, I want to pivot out of where I am right now. I know I can, but what do I do? I think there's such that emotional aspect to gratitude Mm -hmm. that just saying the words don't always do it, right? So how, what would you sell them as far as what that first step is to pivot into a meaningful gratitude practice? That's a
1: great question. A great question. I, I would, without trying to be salesy, but I don't charge for the group, I, I would <laughs> recommend joining Attitude of Gratitude with Chronic Pain and lurking for a while and seeing what other people do I have my broadcast is called Gratefully Living the Chronic Life. We've got 85 episodes with all sorts of authors, expert guests, and stuff who offer suggestions. A gratitude journal is a great way to start. It's not for everybody. Some people really just, it, it works for some and not for others. There's lots and lots of information online about gratitude, but baby steps. Don't, I think you can have, all right, I'm going to go all in on a gratitude journal and then
0: Yes. I'm gonna do five things
1: every day. Right, right. And then that's another way to have develop self-resentment if it doesn't work out. Take you know, meaningful change requires slow, steady growth, in my opinion. And so taking baby steps and maybe just list one thing you're grateful for each day and, and try to think outside of the box. Try to think a little bit deeper than like I'm grateful for my spouse or my kids. Try to think like, I've got a pillow in my bed that really rests, you know, I rest my head on things that look around in your surroundings and and see what is there that perhaps you take for granted. But I would recommend, even if it's not my community, find a community of people you can share it with because that really does add that extra, like I said, the secret sauce, gratitude and connection really, really helps to build on that Holds you a little bit accountable and, and helps you to keep up with it and is inspiring. But don't try to go all in on a huge gratitude practice because, because like New Year's resolutions, that right. whatever 80% don't work. A slow, steady change. And just just cut yourself a break. You may have some days where you're feeling it and other days where you're just not. And and you really should practice that The more you're feeling ungrateful are the days where you really should. Try to practice it at least. They they say that even if you're not feeling it, kind of like a smile, if you're not happy, you put a half smile on your face because it helps to reduce, to bring out the serotonin. Or even um, just
0: bite like a pencil. Because yes. Because that makes your,
1: yeah, your muscles yes.
0: move like a smile. I had yeah.
1: a laughter therapist on my show a couple months ago, and she she said that same thing, a chopstick or a straw, and that yes. it was a great, great tip. But even if you're not feeling grateful... Write it, write something down that you're you're feeling grateful for. And eventually with that practice, like a muscle, it does get easier and it does grow. But you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days and you're not doing anything wrong if you're not feeling grateful that day. It's just it's just life. We're very perf- you know, we're very human, imperfect, perfectly imperfect human beings. And it, it would be a lie to say that I feel tremendously grateful each day, but I can always find something around me that I'm grateful for. So be gentle and and slow baby steps. And I think that paired with connection, I think is a really great place to start.
0: I love it. I can't think of a better way to leave it than at that. Perfectly imperfect. You don't have to do it every single day. Don't beat yourself up about it. Right. If there's one thing not to beat yourself about Beat up, uh, beat yourself up about is your gratitude practice. <laughs>
1: sure, yeah. I mean, we don't need to put more pain on ourselves. No. We need to try to embrace ourselves and be our own best friend. We're we are our own health advocate, like we're told all the time. But that that includes loving ourselves and and cutting ourselves a break. We didn't ask for this. Right, it, it was given to us, so, and we can't control it. But we can control how we respond to it, and so. Perhaps, perhaps gratitude might be helpful for you, and I hope it is.
0: Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this. This was such a packed hour to hear all the different ways that gratitude can help you, all the different ways that you can step into gratitude. I'm certainly gonna share all the links to join your groups and watch your live show in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for
1: asking me. You're a fantastic interviewer. This was a lot of fun. Oh, well, thank you so much. So much
0: fun. And I'm sure you'll be back. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Live Your Life, Not Your Diagnosis. If you like the show, don't be shy. Please give us a five-star rating and review. Follow us on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening right now. To see complete show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit Hansencoaching.com. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, take care.